0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast of The Invisible World of Jeremy Jones, where it's not so much about how to live your best life, but how to show up and live your life. Thanks for joining. Oh, episode 8, part 2, the 100 hour superpower! Hello there, my invisible friends. So, do you have your breadcrumbs out? You remember, right, from episode 7? I didn't forget. You thought maybe I did, but I didn't. What were the breadcrumbs I mentioned from the last episode? Anyone? Anyone? The Holly Smoot Tariff Act. Anyone? The breadcrumbs were, ah, fortunately for all of us, of course I have it right here, it was the quote from the Outliers' Malcolm Gladwell book. Speaking of those great achievers, the Bill Gates, Bill Joy, the Beatles, Steve Jobs, first breadcrumb I wanted to go back to is, quote, 10,000 hours is the magic number of greatness. The second crumb, quote, it's not their talent, but their extraordinary opportunities, okay? And finally, the third crumb is lucky breaks don't seem like the exception with software billionaires, rock bands, and star athletes. They seem like the rule. Let's back-channel that first crumb. This business about 10,000 hours as the magic number of greatness. As I shared in the last episode, I'm more keen to explore what we can discover and create and build with our 100-hour superpower. I teed this in the last episode by showing Sylvester Stallone with very limited experience and even thinner resources. He did what in a hundred hours? He started and finished the manuscript for Rocky. Now that film is franchised over two billion dollars with millions of fans. I mean, here we are today, decades later, still celebrating it. So, therefore, to my esteemed jury listening, I am submitting here. Exhibit A, a new story. 100 hours is the magic number of greatness, the 100 hour superpower. One example is not enough, though, right? Come on. Let's fool around and see what else we have in the back closet. Stephanie Meyer, on her own website, she was like, Look, I didn't have any experience writing books, but the idea for this book just came to me. In a what? Anybody remember? Ah, yes, you're right, in a dream. The idea for her book came to her in a dream of all things. Pulling from her own official website, she says, I can say with certainty that it started on June 2nd, 2003. Up to this point, I had not written anything besides a few chapters of other stories that I never got very far on and nothing at all since the birth of my first son six years earlier. Keywords, had not written anything besides a few chapters. She says that she woke up from a vivid dream, seen the vampire who we know is Ed Wood. That's not even a hundred hours, really. That's just one night. What can you do in one night? She boldly believed in herself, paused everything. She saw the unique opportunity and wrote it out right away. A dream? One night. One night. Oh, well, she had it easy. Such a lightning bolt moment. Interestingly, though, do you see it could have been equally easy to just toss it out, to discard the dream as a random creative flyby and go on with her day. But step one, she had intrinsic awareness, saw it in her invisible world. She saw the unique opportunity. Second step, she believed boldly in it. She had room for the possibility of greatness in her big house, like we discussed in previous episodes. Third step, she jumped into action immediately, started writing down as much of the dream outline as she could, pausing everything the morning after, making it important, depending and trusting her imagination who again is Stephanie Meyer? This no writing experience, sold in a dream author. Ah, that's right, that's right. She's the author of the Twilight Vampire series that later turned into movies and you know that little enterprise that's grossed well over 3.3 billion. Question for you. Are you ready? Ready? Okay. What is the most translated book today by a living author? What's your guess? Just throw it out there. If you guessed The Alchemist by Paulo Coel, you'd be correct. 35 million copies. He wrote it when he was 38. And get this, the book, with all its material success, millions of copies, and more important, the lives that were touched, he wrote it in two weeks. Start, finish, two weeks. Used his 100 hour superpower talk about believing boldly in yourself he initially landed a book deal he's thinking oh i scored i did it but the book didn't sell it was on the shelf he made it right he's on the shelf or so he thought after the dismal dry run the editor pulled it gave him back the books a setback (laughs) no no that's a total setup Uh, paulo took it as a setup so he recovered the unsold books, buttoned up his cape, his cape, and uh, he went in and sold the book himself, knocking on doors. Why? Because he he believed in it so much. He said he's not even sure if he wrote it, but that he was he was just a good instrument, a good conduit, like we discussed in previous episodes. He said it's not my business whether people like it or dislike it. Just like Rocky, he's like. I believe in it. He was shining his star colors, not being a moon, not orbiting codependently around the illusionary interpretations of the publishing houses. You are a star, not a moon. And since we're talking about authors, let's let's go one more. What about the richest author? Let's start at the top of the list, huh? Okay, top of the list: J.K. Rowling. Her first, her first, not her tenth published novel, was some book called Harry Potter. She was a single mom living on welfare, writing whenever she could. She says, I couldn't have written this book if I hadn't had a few years where I'd been really as poor as it's possible to go in the UK without being homeless. We were on welfare. Which, once again, shows the value of conflict, not avoiding it like we sometimes try to do, like we talked about in episode two. She was too busy making ends meet, following her passion, to have time to rack up the 10,000 hours of expertise. It wasn't, it wasn't her 9,999th hour when she finished the last page of Harry Potter. It wasn't like she was, you know, Oh, I, I need to hold this back. I'll wait to start on this great Potter idea until I have more experience. No, no, no. She followed Einstein's logic. Ah, well, see here, here's a new breadcrumb. I haven't said anything yet about Einstein, so let's do this. Close your eyes for me, just for a second. I can't see you in my invisible world, so I'm guessing you have your eyes closed. Can you see Einstein with his wild, white, electric hair, his E equals MC squared brilliance on the chalkboard, his scientific genius? You see him, right? Okay, still have your eyes closed? Now, see him standing side by side next to Harry Potter, who is extending his wand in a maroon and mustard yellow shirt and has a lightning scar on his forehead. You got it? Okay. Breadcrumb Back to J.K. This was her first novel on welfare. Single mom. You know what I see? The magic I see is that our Ours exponentiate when we are vulnerable to our dreams, vulnerable to looking around, seeing our opportunities, and believing so boldly in ourselves. And I know this feels kind of selfish, but it's not, because believing boldly in ourselves, all it does is inspire, touch, and connect with others. It lifts the average for everybody, additive to humanity, not diminutive. Remember, there's just no passion in being small. Don't play small. Be as big and wild and creative and explorative as you want to be in your life. How about, how about a couple of business examples? Mm. Okay. How about Mark Zuckerberg? That easy low-hanging fruit there. His story is so well-known, how he we started Facebook, you don't need me to retell it. But he didn't have 10,000 hours either, right? He, he just had this attitude of, hey, just because things haven't been this way doesn't mean they should. And I mean, here's a, a snapshot of Facebook's current success. As of today, Facebook has around $60 billion of cash just sitting on its balance sheet, right? Because everybody needs a little rainy day fund. What was his outcome? Have $60 billion of cash on the balance sheet by 2020? Was that why he started it? Nothing evil or wrong with that per se, but might it have been something richer, higher? Was he trying to just rack up 10,000 hours of experience? In the beginning, he was just trying to create it for hookups at the Harvard campus, and then it spilled across the table to the other campuses as a social platform. He created this app from his simple dorm room, not the red carpet trappings of an expert only VIP club. At age 23, he was the world's youngest self-made billionaire. Twenty-three! You probably know his story better than I do. So what do you think has served him more? Pouncing consistently on his 100-hour superpower and inspiring the same with the men and women working alongside him? Or was it the, quote, 10,000 hours is the magic number of greatness? What if, I wonder, as I was working on this, man, what if everyone was to pull some all-nighters coding their dreams? What could happen in 100 hours? What could happen for you? Let's look at the youngest self-made female billionaire, Sarah Blakely. Check out her recent Salesforce interview. It's in the show notes uh, if you just want to click and find it there. Guess what she said was the biggest business roadblock. Toss out a guess before I tell you. I have it right here, but I like it when you guess. It's just more fun. No, she said that self-doubt is the biggest roadblock. Not ours. She, she bombed the LSAT twice before she started Spanx, so then she ended up as a Disney ride operator and from there she sold fax mach- ma- fax machines for 7 years as she finally quit that night she wrote in her journal that she would invent something for millions of people she quit after 7 years on the on the fax machine thing that's right around the time she was supposedly an expert or near expert in selling fax machines as she quits nearly t- nearly to 10,000 hours instead she rolls it back to Hour number one and starts Spanx undergarments. She heeded her father's advice from the dinner table. Listened to motivational tapes. If you aren't failing, you aren't trying. Ever since I heard that, I'm always bugging my kids now. Hey, hey, what'd you fail at today? I'm bugging myself as much as possible. Hey, what am I failing at? What can I fail? I need to fail at something. What new hobby, friendship, project, deal, contract can I fail at? What about Hamilton, the musical? Wow, that came out of nowhere. Hamilton, Hamilton, Hamilton. Sure, the creator, Lin-Manuel Miranda, had some experience um uh, some experience as in one other musical he created called In the Heights. Hamilton is only his second musical he produced. But when the infinite intelligence, when it tapped on his soul, he didn't just crack it open. He flew open the door. He saw the opportunity. He believed in it. Instead of the small talk, oh, you're too small for that. You don't have experience to put together a blistering record musical. So many experts already out there. You've only produced one other musical. You need more knowledge. Besides, nobody would probably be that interested in it anyway. Mm. Another business example would be Chris Gardner, remember the movie Pursuit of Happiness about his true story, rags to riches? You want it so bad you go through any wall, you come back after losing the first set like Roddy Boy from Down Under. What triggered Chris Gardner's life-altering success? Do you remember that scene? Can you picture Will Smith, the other candidates who were in the boiler room making sales calls on Wall Street? They're standing around taking coffee breaks, getting water, you know, chatting about the latest ball game, but Chris, he didn't have that luxury. Instead of filling up with coffee and water and chatty free time, he put even more inherent visibility into the hour, doubling down on calling more prospects because he had to take the bus, he had to pick up a son, he had to beat the streets, he had to work double duty to sell one of those medical machines to get the money to live off for the next month. And what happened? Well, he was the candidate who won, who got the job, who got the cheddar. Because no one else had such a big why. (sighs) His hunger, his passion, his skills, his, his vulnerability to believe so boldly in himself that he put everything he could into an individual hour. Listen, we don't need more hours. Let's solder this together with some Roman philosophy, with Seneca thousands of years ago. This... This is clutch. Turn this up. I'm going to take a drink first. So you turn it up. I'll take a drink. It mm-hmm. It is not that we have a short time to live, but that we waste a lot of it. Life is long enough. And sufficiently generous amount has been given to us for the highest achievements. If it were all well invested. But when it is wasted in heedless luxury and spent on no good activity, we are forced at last by death's final constraint to realize that it has passed away before we knew it was passing. So it is. We are not given a short life, but we make it short. We are not ill-supplied, but wasteful of it. Life is long if you know how to use it. Hmm. Thanks, Seneca. Mm. I will find a way. Remember previous episode about the Lego song? Everything is awesome. Or... Everything's not awesome. You know, it doesn't matter what circumstance is or isn't awesome. Know why? Because I... I am awesome. Awesome. What did all these people have in common? They had an advantage of inexperience. The advantage of, let's just see what happens. When we are inexperienced, we don't have the conditioned limiting beliefs. Ah, this won't work, dead end. That never happens. I already know that's a waste of time. On the contrary, it's all blue sky. We can fly anywhere. We can push this button and no one's ever done that. We can push that. I don't need more knowledge. I need more imagination. You're starting to get to know me, or you already do know me. So you know anything I like tied to Yoda or the Force, the Force. But also one of my favorite lines in the whole Star Wars trilogy is when Hans Solo has his back up against the wall again and he's trying to get his ship the millennium falcon to escape enemy hands and there's some doubts and the robot you know he says the knowledge the fact about how the chances are so minimal to escape from a star destroyer and hans says he says what never tell me the odds All right. reminds me of one of my favorite poems will you stick with me Why i share it invictus william ernest henley Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I think whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Hmm. Hmm. To be a good chess player, I should flip the board on myself now. So back to the Outliers Malcolm Gladwell book. I I talked about what I didn't like. I should also talk about a chapter in there that I really liked. My favorite chapter. I loved it. The Enough Factor chapter. He has some good research broken out here. Research says only there's only marginal benefit on scientists who scored a 120 or a 180 IQ, just like in basketball, is the example that they give. You know, if you're 6'2 or 6'8, you know, it doesn't make that much of a difference. You need enough height to make the NBA. Right? It's not like the tallest player in the NBA is the best player, and then down the line. E- we, we don't need uh, accumulating incremental margin advantage. We just need enough. Just enough. Steady, constant, passionate execution. That's what trumps talent and knowledge every day of the week. Who was George Patton? Oh, that's because I got his name wrong. Let me try again. Who was George Patton? Ah, that guy you might know. One of the most successful U.S. Army generals, right? He, he played a big part in the U.S. success of World War II, right? George Patton, he said, A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Ah, tell me again, George. A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. Mm, that guy understood the 100-hour superpower. He understood the enough principle. Okay, so we're done talking about how the 10,000 hours is not the magic number of greatness. You're hearing me there. Second breadcrumb, then, is that idea that it was not their talent per se, meaning Jobs, Gates, Bill Joy, the Beatles, right? But their unique opportunities. Now, there's an angle there that I agree on. I look at it like this. Do you think Bill Joy, Bill Gates who had a unique opportunity at the university to use their computers, which was during a time where the public had such limited exposure to computers. It wasn't like people had personal computers back then. Do you think Bill Gates was the only student at the university with such access? Of course not. Most students probably weren't even interested in computers. So what about this? Do you think he was the only student that was studying computers that had this type of access? No, of course not. Other students there had, you know, similar access to these computers that he did. You know, had similar access to a unique opportunity. Yes, it it was unique, but not an exclusively unique opportunity for Bill. So the greatness arises that he identified the opportunity. He saw it. He paired it with his passion. Ooh okay great formula here so therefore success equals seeing and acting on unique enough opportunities plus following our passion multiplied by the 100 hour superpower okay what about the beatles the book says their unique opportunity was playing in a red light district at those clubs and such no one was, you know, going for the music per se, but it was such a great opportunity for the Beatles to get comfortable on stage, get some practice in. And yes, yes, we must know our craft, you know, beat on it, work on it, wear it out. But are they the only ones that have played in red light districts? And you're telling me they're the only band that can rack up hours in a red light district, right? Again, the greatness arises when we see the opportunity. They saw it, they took it. mm-hmm. Just like Stephanie Meyer, she saw the dream of her book in a dream, but then she she pounced on her 100-hour superpower, just like Zuckerberg. Hey, this could really be something. Eh, So what, my space is out there. I have enough opportunity right here from my dorm. Get some buddies, get some coffee. We'll code and pull all-nighters for the next 100 hours. Seeing the opportunity already around us, that strikes me as the real needle mover, And, so, obviously, you can see why I disagree with that third breadcrumb, which was, Lucky breaks don't seem like the exception with software billionaires, rock bands, and star athletes. They seem like the rule. Hmm. Hmm. Well, we all have some unique enough situations. Some breaks. But it wasn't the break that made Gates it was the fact that he seized the opportunity. He took double espresso shots of Carpe diem. honestly, honestly. have you thought about it like this? Just as easily he could have dismissed it. waiting around. Hey, I'm just I'm here waiting for a more ideal, obvious break. This one is, it's not ideal. I got to work too much on this. So I'm just waiting around for a more obvious break. Just as easy he could have done that, right? But he looked over the cards in his hand and he played it. Yes, yes, we're all thinking of Ernest Hemingway right now, mastermind. Right. He said to his son, Greg, who goes by Gig, You make your own luck, Gig. You know what makes a good loser? Practice. Wow. Talk about a contrarian view, Mr. Hemingway. Practice makes a good loser? Interesting. 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 So if there's a rule in all this that those outliers followed, it's in this formula again. Get your pen out. Success equals seeing and acting on unique enough opportunities plus following our passion multiplied by your 100-hour superpower. Hm. If we were together in a room, and someday I hope that we are, I'd ask you, What is level one? Can you have faith and believe there might be some unique enough opportunity in your life right now? Right now. It's already there. Level two. What what might that be? Level three. Are you acting immediately on those opportunities? That property that you want to buy right now. You're thinking about it. It might not be exclusively unique to you. But. Maybe it's unique enough for a good deal. That plan for your health right now to lose the weight, gain the muscle, whatever. You don't need the most unique diet system. That, that muscle gain plan. Right? It, you just need something unique enough. See, you're holding the ace in your hand right now. You see it, right? It's unique enough. Play it. Chances are the high card is going to win play it wherever you currently are be there when I was at my first episode um you know it was like hey I'll never be here again be who you are no experience necessary that first episode I did it was just one episode I I wasn't wondering if anyone liked it if I was you know I wasn't going out of my way to get in touch with old friends and asking them to try out an episode like I am now. I wasn't thinking about how am I going to market this? How many downloads am I getting? What's my next episode about? Uh, How can I make this one better? I was just really trying hard to stay where I was in the first episode. All blue sky. This could be anything. The thrill of of not knowing if or who I would even share it with. There's no pressure. It's all white canvas. Don't get me wrong. There's great things to enjoy about where I am today with the podcast, but I'll never be able to go back and experience what it was like to be a Wild West rodeo riding, first time podcast slinger putting it out there. I had like 12 downloads from like my mom and if, uh, me, you know, some friends, and now now I have hundreds in just the last month. At this rate, it won't be long before I have thousands and then tens of thousands. This is episode eight right now. But I'm still just trying to be at episode eight because I won't be here again. I'm almost, time's running out of the hourglass. It's almost gone. Soon I'll have dozens of episodes, and, and who knows if people will like it or not. I like it. It's for me anyway. I believe in it. Listen, you're at work today, you're with your family today, you're buttering your toast right now. Or maybe you're fighting with your husband right now. You're never going to be there again. right? Be here fully. Experience the experience. It's not truly you anyway. It's just a guest that's passing through your house. What was more exciting and valuable for J.K. Rowling? Putting down Harry Potter on random scraps of paper between welfare checks, balancing a typewriter, and being a single mom, well, now she's a billionaire. She'll never be able to experience that thrill of being an unknown, of having so much blue sky. No pressurized market expectations. The key is to experience and enjoy the ups, the downs, the losses, the wins, wherever we are. You know, you could say they're all equally important just passing through our house. Experience the thrill of a new ride or a new business. Experience the thrill of doubling your business, getting to that level you didn't think you would be. Experience when I mean, everybody knows your name. You may be on your first property, your first stock. and You may be on your 50th, your first marriage, or your second, your first kid, or your first grandbaby. Experience the experience. Don't time travel too far, because you'll never be here in this moment again. To wrap up. Ah, see? Episode eight's almost gone, just like that. Last thing to jot in your notebook. The best decision application. Back to Tom Brady. When he said to the Patriots, as a rookie, I'm the best decision this franchise ever made. Back to you. You have a job. Waltz in the door tomorrow, or the Zoom, with this attitude. And you just say it to them. Say... And take it from your invisible world and manifest it. Say, I'm the best decision this company has ever made. Go to your kids. Kids, I'm the best decision you kids have ever made. This deal, this contract. Tell your employees, hey, I'm the best company you decided to work for. See how we take care of and inspire our people. I'm the best decision this board of directors ever made. I'm the best decision this university ever made. Next time you see your lover, even if right now you are in, or especially right now if you are in a major fight, drifting without a paddle, bored looking around, look at them and say, I'm the best decision you ever made in this relationship. Man, I love this episode, but we're going to pull the drapes here. We've covered the rookie advantages of inexperience. Seek, and you shall find. Therefore, my, my invisible friends, seek for your advantages of inexperience. Right, Rocky? Stephanie? Zuckerberg? Let's swing back by and retrieve the last breadcrumb, okay? You remember? You still have it? Have that image we discussed hanging on the wall in your invisible world ready? The one with Harry Potter and Einstein? It's okay if you don't have all the knowledge you need, the whole business plan, all the steps figured out how to invest in a current project, all the steps of how to get a relationship back on track. Man, it really got knocked off the rails. It's nice to have that. But higher outcome... Higher truth is following what Einstein said. And he's a smart dude. So here it is. Imagination is more important than knowledge. For knowledge is limited. Whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress and giving birth to evolution. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Thanks, Albert. So now, when you tee up your 100-hour superpower this week, you're feeling the mojo. Listen, strike the match with this. You ready? Can you you hear the embers crackling? You're going to like this. Create like a god. Live like a king or queen. And work like a slave. Why? (laughs) Uh, Same reason each time. Because the world needs who you were meant to be.